and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And you may have gotten a little bit of a hint um, <laughs> what was going on in this episode if you stay tuned all the way to the end and listen to the reviews last time. Because we're going to talk about cadavers. Come on, cadavers. Hi. Zenith is going to be so excited. Yes, I hope so. I hope you enjoyed this, Zenith. Um, uh, we'll just give a give a disclaimer up at the top um, that I'm not going to be talking about anything like super in-depth or gory, I would say. But it is going to be, you know, about corpses and dissection and things like that. So just FYI, be aware. <laughs> <laughs> little little death content warning for you there. Yeah, little, little de- death and dying content. Uh, so what is a cadaver? Well, it's just a plain old corpse, Midge. <laughs> it's just a plain old body that is not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it comes from the Latin cadere or to fall. Uh, mm. And generally cadaver is used in a scientific context um, to refer to a, a human body. Today, it's Penny's Science Corner. Yes. Um, and if you are into this kind of thing, um, I highly recommend Stiff, The Curious Life of Human Cadavers by Mary Roach, which is an excellent and very funny book um, about kind of alternative experiments um, that cadavers have been part of, cadavers through history. Uh, very, very fun and informative um, I also got a lot of information. That's something that I like read back in high school, I want to say. So it's not oh. technically a source for this episode, but it is a source for like my general enthusiasm for cadaver. <laughs> a, a source for my cadaver enthusiasm. My cadaver enthusiasm. Um, I also <laughs> uh, would recommend the podcast Sawbones, um, which is about medical history. And they do have episodes on some of the things that I will be discussing today. Um, And I also got uh, some info today from the Illinois Anatomical Gift Association, which we'll hear a little bit more about the concept of in in, uh, a little further on in today's episode. Please don't ever give me an anatomical gift. I don't want (laughs) I don't want it. Midge, spoiler alert, you are the anatomical gift. (laughs) I'm the anatomical gift that keeps on giving. Hi. All right. So cadavers have been part of medicine for a very, very long time. Um, cadaver dissection is usually traced all the way back to Alexandria of library fame in ancient Greece. <laughs> of library fame. The Library of Alexandria. Which no, all, I know. It was no, the all phrasing. Ner- all nerds love. <laughs> um, so way back in the 3rd century BCE, Herophilius of Chasildon and oh. Aristratus of Ceos um, practiced human dissection as a way to study anatomy. Uh, But the practice fell out of fashion. Um, There were a lot of social and religious taboos about uh, such things. Um, But also, a lot of people were just like, I don't think that would be useful to learn anatomy, which feels pretty, pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah, I don't (laughs) think we need to know anything about our bodies. Right. Let's Um, let's wing it. (laughs) Yeah, like people would just like make like external observations and like watch living people and they would do a lot of animal dissection and just kind of try and extrapolate that because that's the exact same so that makes sense sometimes it works but sometimes it really doesn't yeah (laughs) Uh, so human dissection did go pretty under the radar for the next several centuries 
Um, there did like autopsies did sometimes occur, but there weren't generally any dissections for like strictly like medical or like research purposes. Um, apparently in 1231, the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II decreed there should be a dissection of a cadaver every five years for anatomical studies. And my favorite part, everyone who is studying or practicing medicine should attend. So that kind of tells you how many studying all, medicine. Yeah, all everybody can just come to this one cadaver dissection. Yeah, all ten of you. <laughs> yeah, like show up, you guys, every five years, no big. Put that on your calendars now. <laughs> uh, but this decree did lead to the first officially sanctioned public dissection, uh, which was conducted by Mondino de Luisi at the University of Bologna in 1315. Um, and that really kicked off the interest and enthusiasm for cadaver dissection in Europe. Very exciting. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci did some dissections and stuff like that. It was, you know, that whole Renaissance vibe. Is this kind of where we get into like uh, like operating theaters? Yes. Okay, yes, cool, indeed, cool, cool. Indeed it was. So like obviously you would um, present these things to, you know, medical students, other medical professionals, but also sometimes just random people who were like, I want to watch this. Uh, <laughs> that person's name, Penny Snark. <laughs> hey. Um, but, you know, dissection is super popular again. People are like, yeah, I want to want to cut open this cadaver. But where can we get cadavers? Um, most like most general people in the population still think that dissection is unethical. Um, so how about criminals? Oh, <laughs> uh, so here's yeah, yeah. a here's a quote um, due to the medical demand for the supply of dead bodies. Legislation was passed in 1505 that granted the incorporation of surgeons and barbers in Edinburgh, the body of one executed criminal per year. Um, and they had similar laws in London. Um, people also. OK, so this is one of the saddest quotes that I've heard um, someone from another Scottish doctor um, petitioned the council for the bodies of executed men or those dying in hospitals with quote, few friends or acquaintances that can take exception. Oh, wah, wah, wah. yeah. And that doesn't seem like a, the most respectful. No. Um, so dissection became even more closely tied with crime. Um, in 1752, there was something called the murder act in Great Britain. Uh, which said that murderers could be dissected explicitly in the law to quote further a further mark of infamy to the punishment of death. So like, <laughs> don't commit a crime. Commit or we a might live dissect you yep, in front of ten people you. every five years. <laughs> yep, and they were hoping that it would be an additional deterrent to crime. The idea that after you were executed. Uh, your body could be dissected. Your innards could be put on public display. Mm -hmm. And it Ooh. was uh, like history does say that for, you know, some of the accused and their families, dissection seemed like an even worse punishment than being executed itself. Um, <sighs> a major wild. reason for that was that uh, dissection would prevent someone from having a Christian burial because Why? you have to have all of your parts uh, to do that. Um, and there would be like physical scuffles at executions between the physicians and the families trying to take possession of the body. Um, for a ba badass moment, um, I mean, this guy was 
potentially a murderer. He was convicted of murder, so thumbs down for that. Um, But (laughs) thumbs up for uh, this gentleman, David Doby, in 1820, who apparently shouted to the judge, My lord, it is a grand thing that you cannot dissect the soul. Which, boom, you tell him, David. Yeah, that's a great... Well, I don't know if those were his final words, but great, right. <laughs> great words to go out on. Yeah, good last quote. Uh, so from there, um, you might guess that despite this legal supply of bodies, it just wasn't it wasn't enough. Uh, so what are you going to do when you need a dead body? You're going to dig that sucker right up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So this enters uh, what were known sometimes as resurrectionists uh, because medical professionals would pay for bodies. And at the time, digging up a body was not actually illegal. Oh, uh, because just exhume whenever you feel like yep, it. Um, a buried body was not a person, but it also was not considered property legally. So it was just a thing that belonged to no thing. one sitting in the ground. Sure. Um. And so this will lead us to something that any, you know, anatomical and medical history enthusiasts <laughs> will be familiar with. Uh, Ghosts? The, no, the, tale of, the tale of Burke and Hare uh, from Edinburgh, who were both named William because there were only like five names in, <laughs> in the olden times. Um, so in 1827, uh, one of William Hare's elderly tenants died uh, while still owing rent. And they were like, hold on, we can recoup some of this money. Uh, so they put weights in the coffin and secretly sold his body to Robert Knox, an anatomy lecturer at the university. And then they were like, whoa, sweet, you can get money for dead people. Um, and decided that waiting for people to die is just is, is slow. It's very slow. <laughs> and <laughs> if you have a structured settlement and you need cash now... <laughs> Eight seven seven murder your servants. Uh, you go on to murder at least sixteen people by luring them to be lodgers and then murdering them. Uh, well, it's not whoops. a great business strategy, but I no. I see where he's coming from. Yes, uh, so <laughs> they they were caught, um, and also there was like definitely some dubious stuff where this like anatomy lecturer was just like I had no idea. But also, like, some of the people who showed up were, like, you know, it was not a large city. Like, it was enough of a small town that, like, there would be someone with, like, a notable, like, physical ailment. Right. That would just, a body would show up with that same ailment. And it was like, hmm, I didn't hear that, like, one-legged Fred was sick. And And, and when they sell the body, it has, like, 32 stab wounds. He's like, that's weird. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Not a problem. Uh... But this and other body um, buying related murders um, actually led to the 1832 Anatomy Act in England, which um, allowed for legal access to unclaimed bodies um, from workhorses, workhouses and prisons. And it did let you donate a relative's body in exchange for like the um, recipient paying for the burial. Mm. So... This is a little bit better, but obviously still very much targets impoverished people and other, you know, marginalized people who are, you know, dying in prison or can't, um, their family can't afford to bury them. To bury them, right. Well, and then too, there's also like a weird, I'm assuming that this did not, uh, you know, include like the dying person's wish to be 
like mm-hmm. then then somebody's just making that call for you after you're gone be like yeah we'll sell him that's fine <laughs> oh well uh but you know what this is this is enough about europe midge don't leave america out what about what about the good old us of a uh so i surely don't know <laughs> i've got something for you that's called uh, the resurrection riot <laughs> Oh, no. That happened all the way back in 1788 in New York. Um, I did read a Smithsonian article about this, which was excellent. Um, So going into the year, the city was abuzz with stories of medical students from Columbia College body snatching, particularly, surprise, surprise, from the cemetery where the city's black residents were buried. Oh, people, why Mm -hmm. do you have to be like this? I hate humans so much. And a group of, you know, black residents of the city sent a petition to the common council to complain, and they didn't even ask for them to stop grave robbing. They just asked that it, quote, be conducted with the decency and propriety which the solemnity of such occasion requires. (laughs) And people were still like, eh, whatever. Um, But of course, there was public outrage when later there was a report that a white woman was body snatched. Oh, no, a white woman. Oh, no. Also, uh, hold on, pause, rewind. Now tell me, what is the proper decorum for grave robbing? I know. (laughs) What, were there rules in play? Like, oh, well, at least, you know, wear black. uh, Right. I mean, I guess they, I mean, I would say probably from the perspective of being like, if you're going to claim like this is for science, it's like, okay, well, we should like be serious and scientific and not be just Use like really large words while you're grave. Robbing. Yeah. Don't be running around like holding, hoisting shenanigans while you're, while you're robbing graves. Oh my word. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, a white woman goes snatched. Yeah. And so that that is all background to just general tensions in the city. Sure. Um, and then eventually tensions boiled over. Uh, so the exact like spark to this flame um, is unknown. So there there are a bunch of stories about like some kids like potentially going by the college and some people say that a med student like waved a cadaver arm out the window at kids (laughs) and some people say that kids like climbed up and like peeped in the window um there's one version of the story where the student was just like hey kid this is your mom's arm um oh well (laughs) so there's there's no like actual reason known um but either way a bunch of workmen stormed the university and set all of the anatomical specimens they could find on fire. Um, doctors and med students were taken into police custody for their protection. Um, but the next morning, a mob formed and went hunting for doctors and or body parts. And Midge, <laughs> guess who Guess who came to the university to try and calm down this mob? Someone who shouldn't have done that. Tell who. <laughs> It was Alexander Hamilton. Oh, okay. I don't know why this wasn't in Hamilton, because it's a great story. <laughs> yeah, where's where's the, where's the cadaver or the resurrection yeah, riot? Yeah, the resurrection riot. Uh, so he, he was an alumni of uh, Columbia College. And so okay. he was like, people, we need to calm down. And that did not work. Um, it, they, typically, when you tell a riled yep. up group to calm down, that does... Almost yeah. the exact opposite, yeah. Not not historically a, a strong argument. <laughs> um, so the mob searched the university for bodies, but the doctors and students had, like, removed everything 
wisely. Sure. Uh, but then they were just pissed and started going and breaking into doctors' homes around the city to just like see if they had bodies in there, I guess. Ew. And then <laughs> finally, an estimated crowd of 5,000 um, came to storm the jail yelling, bring out your doctors. Oh, damn. 5,000 um, people? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the militia came and they, as militias often do... Ended up open firing. I was going to say shot shot a bunch of people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So at least six and maybe up to 20 people died. Um, And even though the riot ended, um, shit just got really wild in New York. And it definitely poisoned the reputation of the medical establishment in the city. Uh, No one was ever arrested for the riot. There was like a grand jury, but like no one was, no charges were brought on it. And a group of prominent physicians did publish a notice swearing that they never body snatched from any cemetery in the city, which, hmm, phrasing, (laughs) did did not actually include the Black Cemetery, which was not within city limits. So, yeah. Uh, So there were at least 17 anatomy riots of this sort um, across America, um, which led to the passing of anatomy laws also known as bone bills, excellent, (laughs) Um, which both legislated against grave robbing and actually made grave robbing illegal um, and put restrictions on the supply of cadavers. Uh, But yeah, there was definitely still ongoing grave robbing. So we'll we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, So much happening. (laughs) So much. Uh, So whole body donation or an anatomical gift um, is definitely less taboo today. And you can, by your own choice, uh, donate your body to a medical institution. Uh, So in 1968, the National Conference of the Commissioners on Uniform State Laws um, approved the Uniform Anatomical Gift Act, um, which provided that the donor's intent um, regarding the disposition of your body supersedes those of the next of kin, um, made willed body programs more systematic, um, and by 1972, 48 states had enacted laws um, that were based on this act. So now you can't just have a random relative donate your body for you. S- you sell die. your body, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, So this is going to bring us to one opportunity to donate your body, which is the body farm. Body farm. Body farm. (laughs) Uh, Which was the whole, the thing that Zenith brought up that brought me into this whole magical wild ride. You know, I can't resist going back to some wacky history whenever I have the chance. Historical craziness. So we're finally, we're finally here. Uh, So the original body farm is the University of Tennessee Anthropological Research Facility, uh, founded in 1980 and reserved their first donation in 1981. Uh, So the purpose of a body farm is to observe um, and study the effects of long-term decomposition on a human body. So yes, they do take donated bodies and just lie them right out there in the wild and watch them decompose. And that is the vibe. Are they like above ground or are they like they in are a hole? above ground? Okay. Like just just lying out there. Okay. Um, so they're not like sitting. I mean, obviously they're not buried, like covered in dirt, but they're just like on top of the ground. 
Yep. Chilling. Um, okay. So for obvious reasons, this is very useful um, for determining when someone died for forensic investigation purposes. Um, and today there are actually seven body farms across the U.S. that are in different temperatures and climates, which is pretty cool, which gives you, you know, kind of the ability because obviously a body is going to decompose differently, like during winter in Wisconsin <laughs> than it does yeah. in Texas. Uh, so they have them throughout. And we actually, I don't know if you, did you see this? I tried to get to it really fast. We got a message from someone else about body farms. Oh, no, I didn't see it. Uh, so this was from Sydney, um, aka Studio 50 Forage on Instagram. Thank you so much for sending this, Sydney. Um, and she says, hey, y'all, I had to stop mid-listen to the latest episode when you mentioned the body farm in my hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. I took a course in forensic anthropology at UT and the fence campus, campus where the body farm is located is huge. Uh, warning, a, poten- a few couple potentially queasy things ahead. Okay. Uh, she says it's right on the Tennessee. That, that is Sydney's warning. Yeah. Um, she says it's right on the Tennessee River and in the heat of summer, you can smell rotting corpses all the way to the river on the pedestrian walkway. Wolf. Seems like most locals have at least one good story relating to death acres. Uh, my colleague Lindsay, who worked at the body farm as a researcher post-college, accidentally tripped on a corpse while trying to take samples from it and landed right on top of it. Oh, God. Uh, yep. Uh, she said it was so sticky from decomposition that it took her a hot second to get unstuck from the corpse. And she, of course, ran away screaming to the nearest water source to wash off. Oh and you God. had to share when I heard you mention it. You two are the best ghoul gang whoa that's crazy right yeah that is bonkers i'm i'm so sorry Lindsay. that must have been terrible (laughs) yeah no kidding Uh, i like i'm fascinated because like i really am fascinated by death sciences and mm -hmm. things but i don't i i don't know like i'm like wow some like people are purposefully working at places like that (laughs) Like like i am both fascinated but also i don't think i could like go in there and like do it you know yeah like i i am definitely very very interested in like reading all about these kind of things but right. I, I don't know if if my my grossometer could handle actually no. actually doing it and being no. there so hats off to all of you who are who are doing the research and getting it done out there i also made the mistake of googling this because i wanted to know what the body farms looked like and that yeah. is deeply upsetting yep <laughs> Uh, yeah not not for the faint of heart um but i mean you know it is it is all All in the name of science yeah people are uh these are these were not (laughs) stolen from a cemetery so we're we're all great good to go here yeah no more upsetting in the sense of like oh wow yeah (laughs) human bodies human bodies are wild that's Mm -hmm. crazy yeah i have seen oh now i don't remember who the artist is, um, but there was someone who made a really incredible embroidery of this famous illustration of the decomposition of a human hand. Oh, the hand like, with the different yeah, fingers with finger. like blow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Some, someone did a really cool embroidery of that. And I'm like, that's like gorgeous, gorgeously macabre. Yeah. Very cool. Um, unfortunately there is still bad business surrounding cadavers today. Sure. Um, because you can don't, right yep you can donate directly to a medical institution um, but a lot of them do have restrictions um what type type of body that they'll take um i'm not going to get super into this but i am just going to say that most of them won't take fat people 
Yeah. Which means that no medical students ever do any, you know, practice on a fat body, which sucks. And thumbs down uh, to that. Um, But so there are body donation companies, um, but they operate for profit and are basically unregulated. A winning combination always. (laughs) Um, Some of you may remember in 2014, there was a huge news story um, about a company called the Biological Resource Center in Arizona, um, which misled a lot of people who thought they were donating their or their loved ones' bodies for scientific research and were instead selling whole bodies or parts for profit, for military testing, and all sorts of other things. Um, There are very similar stories across the country. So just be careful out there. I mean, I think a lot of people really would like the idea of donating your body to science and having Mm -hmm. your body, you know, kind of do something after you are no longer using it. Um, But there are definitely unscrupulous people who are still in this business, just like the resurrectionists of old. Uh, So (laughs) be careful. Send Alexander Hamilton in there. Get him, <laughs> right. Alexander Hamilton's going to show up and be like, oh, I, I would donate. I would like, I had a brief instinct to try a Lin-Manuel impression. And then I was like, <laughs> don't do it, Penny. Don't do it. It's don't. not, it, I, you've made Girl, a lot of wild sounds and voices on this podcast, <laughs> but this is not the time. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I wasn't going to do it. I, I wasn't going to do it. Uh, yeah, I, and I, well, I think that's more what I meant to looking at, because I literally, why I just gave that a goog was I was like, oh, that would be like an interesting thing to, because I'm kind of of the volition that like, I don't really care what happens to my mm-hmm. body when I'm not yeah. using it anymore. And if it can be helpful to progressing you know helping humankind cool um and so i was like oh that'd be a cool thing and then i like looked it up and i was like oh i don't know about that actually (laughs) yeah yeah you gotta you gotta kind of be be careful where you're going with that kind of thing even like the legit like i'm like i don't know if i want my body uh laying out in a farm i don't know i don't know if that's (laughs) i don't know if that's for me personally (laughs) that's fair i wouldn't mind laying out on a farm i don't think you can, I'll, I'll let you take that one. All right. Okay. I'll, 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 do, I'll do something I'll, else. I'll, I'll call dibs on body farm. <laughs> I'll call dibs on body farm. <laughs> uh, well, that, those are my, those are my tales, tales of cadavers past and present. Exciting murders. I, I mean, obviously you could go into a whole, a whole episode or a whole article on like any of these things. So I definitely recommend uh, checking out the books and podcasts that I mentioned earlier. There is definitely Sawbones definitely has a podcast about the resurrection riot, which is a blast. And it's like, it's a humorous medical history podcast. So highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. I have not, I, uh, I had not heard of that book or that podcast before now, so I'm excited to check those out. Yes. Always good to have new, new spooky things to, and it's a good, a good season for adding some spooky media some spooky to your things. life. Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah. Thanks for the folks who brought this to us. Uh, this is a, this was a cool topic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the inspiration. Uh, we are always happy to hear um, about the spooky things that you love and are passionate about. And um, they just might spark one of us. Cause I think we said on a previous episode, as soon as we saw uh, your comment Zenith about the body farm, I was like, Oh, I love the body farm. <laughs> and was like, and as I was like starting to take notes, I was like, Oh wait, I just, I just love cadavers and cadaver history. There's so much to talk about. 
This just in. Penny loves cadavers. Shocking, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for everyone joining us today. And an extra big thank you uh, to everyone who joined us for our sleepover live stream last week. We had so much fun, even though you guys made us drink pickle juice and (laughs) sing things and eat nasty candy and share so many hot takes uh that live is available um on the ghouls night in pod instagram if you would like to watch it back um and the big announcement um from the live is that our merch is now up yes and so many of you have already ordered thank you so much for that that's i like i mean penny and i have mentioned several times we more or less made it because we both wanted shirts uh so it's very cool that you all want to (laughs) wear our little podcast on your bodies or your mugs or your totes uh please tag us over on instagram at ghouls night in pod when you get your i've I've gotten notifications that stuff started shipping so uh please yeah please tag us and uh show us you in your in your ghouls merch we would love to see it please uh if you have not uh, gotten your hands on some yet you can find that at midgemonster.com slash shop uh there will also be a link in our episode description yes and well we did just mention uh that you can follow the podcast um at ghouls night in pod on instagram for live streams announcements cool fun photos for spooky topics for each episode and just all sorts of fun things uh and if you Oops, no, we're getting into the Instagram plug when I didn't even ask you if you had a review to share, Mitch. <laughs> Where is my head today? In the body farm. Um, yep, just just, lie, just lying under under a tree R- um, Penny. out in Tennessee. <laughs> well, we do have uh, a review to share. And uh, if you are also enjoying the podcast, please remember that you can leave us a review over on, I know for sure, Apple Podcasts. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how Google Podcasts works, but anywhere you listen to your podcast, try to leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Today's is actually from our Podbean account from MB Simpson. And they said, love your show, makes me laugh and smile. Thanks for making it. Thank you so much. We love making it for you. Me too. You're welcome. (laughs) You're so welcome. Uh, All right. Smash cut. Back to Instagram. If you want to find me on Instagram, or really anywhere you might find people on the internet, uh, you can find me at Penny Snark. And if you're looking for me, you can find me across the web at Midge Munster. And until next time, good.